Hi, I'm Anna Rosa Parker. And I'm Daniel Lamb, and this is Artist Inclusive, the podcast for ambitious artists who want to find clarity, community, and creative success. In this episode today, we're talking to Hira Hirosama, who we know through our community. And she is a visibility strategist and, and coach. And the reason we wanted to bring her in is to speak to us and, and speak to artists about how we can be better about showing up because we can be a little bit, we feel very comfortable when we're hiding sometimes. Absolutely. And I think too, <laughs> it's really interesting because when your job is to show up and be visible on the stage or on camera, it can maybe feel weird to then enact visibility for yourself as a brand outside of that type of work. And that's why we also, I feel like it's really good to go into some kind of a strategy and, and learn from marketers a little bit. It's so based by how you feel, how you show up on social media, unless you have some kind of a strategy. And I feel like she's kind of making it simple for us. So why don't we just listen to what she has to say? Kara, thank you so much for joining us on the Artist Inclusive Podcast today. We are really excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you, excited. Danny. I'm really excited. I've been waiting for this recording for like two weeks now. Awesome. Nice. So for our listeners who don't already know about you and who you are, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and also what it's been like for you as a South Asian marketer serving an audience here in the U.S.? Okay, so I'll answer the first question. From my core, I'm a writer and I have been experimenting with different roles. I've been working as a social media specialist for the past four to five years. Before that, I was working as a copywriter. And recently, I have stepped up into my role as a CMO, chief marketing officer, and a visibility coach. It's been amazing. I mean, I have changed a lot of roles, but at the core of each role, I'm usually just helping my clients clarify their messaging, clarify their offers, and helping them build a profitable, authentic online presence. And to your second question, as a South Asian business owner, it has been a roller coaster ride. I mean, to be honest, I have experienced more of that imposter syndrome in the past one year when I have experienced that accelerated growth than ever before. The more visible you become with your business, the more you realize that as a South Asian creative, as a South Asian business owner, the things that you're struggling with, you basically just then try to find your community and try to find the kind of people who are more like you. And I think I more identify with myself as an introvert more than that South Asian part of me because I have been doing this for so long for now. It's been almost 10 years that I've been working with clients from all around the world that it, I kind of feel like a part of everything. You know, I kind of feel like I belong here in the global community. Yeah, that, that sounds good. I mean, that makes sense too. Okay, so can you tell us what what is a visibility coach? What does that entail? Okay, so as a visibility coach, I help my clients build a authentic and profitable presence online, but we do it at their terms. So as a social media specialist, the main 
resistance that I was facing working with my clients was that the kind of strategy that I was creating for them with them as well, they were okay with the strategy part. But when it came to implementation, some of them were not okay with maybe doing Instagram stories or Instagram reels or facing camera. So I was just brainstorming one day and thinking about other stuff, other inclusive marketing strategies that maybe they can do that kind of was outside of my expertise as social media person, like pitching to podcasts, collaborating with other business owners inside Facebook groups and stuff like that, collaborating for masterclasses. And I just realized that as a visibility coach, I can help them with a bigger version of social media, social media marketing and just building a profitable presence on social media. So it, as a visibility coach, I help them do their marketing on their terms. So we're not doing anything that puts a lot of pressure on my clients because they're already doing amazing stuff. They are already, they're just doing incredible stuff. And I'm not there to tell them to do things that they are not comfortable doing so. And instead, we use their strengths and we turn them into uh, money-making, repeatable actions for marketing. And it just feels so natural to them that it doesn't even feel like they're marketing their business. Yeah, that sounds sustainable. And our community is, it's an artist community. And we hear that a lot. People are very overwhelmed with the social media. And, and it sounds like what you're doing is making it very natural and what is comfortable to you. And yeah. do you put it into, like, do you do it with the content all together at once and then you spread it over time? Or how could you tell us just a little bit how we can kind of do it ourselves? Okay, so the process is different for, for each, but if you'd like an advice on how to do it yourself, while you're listening to this podcast, just take out a notebook and take out a pen and just jot down a list of stuff that you love doing. It can be writing, which can be turned into uh, creating captions on Instagram, creating blog posts. It can be just talking like we are doing right now, networking, communicating with other like-minded people. And that can turn into pitching to different podcasts. Then you can do guest posts if you really love like connecting and working uh, with bigger publications. If you're really into creating videos, there are so many options for that as well. I mean, video does have an untapped potential. But the thing is, if I mean, coming back to the point of view for an artist, the thing is that we're usually creative individuals. We're doers, but we're also procrastinating. So just jotting everything down on a piece of paper, just like vomit everything on a piece of paper. And trust me, from there, it will become so much easier to find out what your strengths are and then start doing them on a repeatable basis. So for example, if, you, if you're good at talking, just, just start pitching to podcasts every Tuesday. Pitch to five podcasts every, every Tuesday. And I mean, all of us are listening to podcasts these days. Just pitch to the ones that maybe you know your target audience hangs out or maybe the ones that you really love. Make your strengths 
a repeatable part of your marketing process. I love that you said that because like for me, like that was the main reason I got into podcasting as a strategy because I was doing so much writing for clients that the idea of sitting down and writing like authority posts to pitch for guest posts was really like, I don't, I don't have any more creative juice in that area, but I can go do this other thing that yeah. is both interesting and fun and also doesn't drain me out as much. So I think that's really great advice. I have a little hack for that. I have a little hack for yeah, what you do. just said. I hate typing because I have been doing it for 10 years. I want something different now. I want to talk and I want to talk my heart out. I use speech to text on my MacBook, on my phone. I create my Instagram captions from speech to text. I create blogs. And trust me, they come out to be a lot more like I'm having a conversation with that one person instead of, you know, me trying so hard to just find the right words and stuff like that. And then later on, I go on and edit and make rounds of edits and then my editor edits for some client. But if it's not, then I just like to keep it natural and raw. And I publish my latest blog post just by doing this. So that is just a little hack. I mean, if you're struggling to write captions on social media, you can do this. Just use speech to text and say your heart out, edit that and just post it. Don't overthink it. I love that. I mean, we're writers here, but still when it comes to caption, I'm always like, what am I going to say? Why do they even care? Why, you know what I mean? Having it more a conversational, kind of like conversion copywriting. In yeah. A way, maybe. yeah. As as artists, we all are writers. We all are writers from, from our core, but sometimes the actual part of typing in words or writing with a pencil on a journal that might feel like you can do it for one to two pages. But if you have to do a lot of writing, then this hat comes in pretty handy. That's so interesting that you bring that up too, because I think as writers, I mean, as artists, we're always kind of exploring how to use our tools, right? And if you look at like emergent media and stuff like that with musicians and, and visual artists, they're always looking at ways to use the tools differently from a mindset perspective and maybe even from like a conditioning perspective, we're just so used to sitting down and having to type things out. So even something that sounds so simple as yeah. just using voice to text, it's a pretty revolutionary approach to writing. So I appreciate you yeah. sharing that. And sometimes we also tend to stay too much in our head. I was working with a client who is really creative and she wasn't thinking we what we do is we create five categories for us to post on uh, social media, on blog, on website, you know, just five categories that you can talk about that you are an authority to talk about. So she couldn't think of those five categories. She was like, okay, but I don't, I only know about these two things. And then we made, she's a yoga dance instructor. So we made her think about other aspects, you know, adding humor, adding memes, adding different stuff to her practice. So, you know, sometimes we get too much caught up with the perception of ourselves and we don't tend to think outside that maybe there is one element that I can add to it that I that might make me stand out from the rest. So I think that I love that. And I'm thinking, you know, what you were saying, even just like how you do your captions, text. We're on a podcast right now and you were mentioning videos. Do you think social media is just going to be more kind of conversational? Is it, is it starting to be more just like we're talking to each other and doing videos? We're doing, we're going to be doing a little bit less polished look at me and my swimming pool kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think social media is turning into more 
raw, more authentic, as people are realizing that there is much more to your life than perfectionism. And I mean, just think about all the overwhelm and all that pressure that we put on ourselves to sound that certain way on social media when we're not that person. Just look at our cores. We are a totally, I mean, I'm a highly disorganized person and I have no shame admitting that on social media because I was uh, talking to someone and they told me that make your mess your message. So if somebody is talking about something on social media, it's probably they went through that mess and made it their message. Everybody comes from a point of being overwhelmed, being maybe even anxious. And then when they when they move past that, then they get to that point when they can showcase, okay, so this is who I am, right? But don't be afraid to show those parts of yourself that that pushed you to get to where you are today. Yeah. So make your mess your message. Yeah, I think that yeah. speaks to the importance yeah, of vulnerability in, in, in authenticity and the things that we create. And I think that there's a lot of value in that. So I would definitely agree there. So obviously you yeah. are someone who who has a lot of things on her plate. You've got a family at home and you're working with clients. Can you talk about your your approach to creative work? Like how do you how do you structure your time? What are some of your rituals and routines? The things that have truly transformed my life and anybody who is listening, if they are dealing with high functioning anxiety, if they are dealing with any sort of trauma response, I'm not a therapist. I mean, I am a psychologist, but I'm not a therapist. There are some things that have really helped me get over that anxiety that I was facing when I was growing my business. So, you know, once you, your brain doesn't accept that you're in a different place than you were before and your brain is trying to protect you from all of that. And it's just functioning from a point uh, of your perception of what you were in the past. So some things that have really helped me, the kind of rituals that I have, and I'm not really too good with following a routine, but these are some things that I really do. I mean, these are must for every day. And one of those is listening to a guided meditation before I sleep. It just helps me relax. It helps me bring awareness to what I have to do the next day, who I have to be the next day. And it just helps me sleep better. Some of the other things that I do are, I mean, I get my sleep. I don't compromise on my sleep. I have a little kid who is going to preschool in January. So, I mean, we're going to have a lot of meltdowns during that time. So I'm not compromising on my sleep during this time. But journaling helps me a lot. Again, I journal with speech to text. Everything is just coming to me naturally. And sometimes I use a, a voice memo app to just record messages, stuff like that. Some things that have really helped me are reading for 10 minutes every day. I dedicate time to read for 10 minutes every day, no matter what book it is. Currently, I'm reading Atomic Habits. I picked up that book and then I left it in between and now I have restarted reading it. And apart from that, whenever I'm procrastinating, I asked myself this question that, why am I doing X? So why am I watching another episode of The Good Doctor when I have to go back and do my client work? And that just, again, brings a lot of consciousness and awareness to what I'm trying to avoid. We're sometimes thinking that, okay, we're doing it for pleasure, but it's not a pleasure response. It's an avoidance response. And we're probably doing it to avoid something. And it works every time. I mean, before that, I used to do the 
a five second rule, you know, five, four, three, two, one, and just get up and do stuff. But that wasn't working every time. So then later on, because, you know, I'm again, as an artist, as a creative person, you need to have certain facts to back up your actions. Then I just back up my actions by asking myself some powerful questions. So these are the things that I do every day. Again, yes, keeping myself hydrated and arresting and pausing whenever I feel that I'm overburdening myself. I work four days a week for three hours. So I, I have those boundaries set in. I don't work more than three hours any given day. Less is good, but more never. I haven't done that in the past one year, no matter what. I love that. I heard you say that on another podcast and I was like, working three hours a day. Yeah, that's, okay. a, that's a good goal. Not, I mean, I love what I do and I end up working ridiculously long hours and I'm not, you know, waving that as it's a cool thing. I really would love to get down to fewer hours a day. And that's, that's going to be my new goal now. Three hour days. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, when I didn't have my daughter when she wasn't born, then I used to work like 10 hours even. I have written ebooks worth like 40,000 words or something like that in one week when I was pregnant. So it's not that I haven't and I can't do it, but with a, with a tiny person that you need to like take care of, it just, I feel like I should divide my time and prioritize my life overall and not just my business. So, you know, it's, I have my schedule around that. Yeah. I mean, I think both like Daniel and I, if we were working three hour days, we would fill the rest of it with these different projects we do. My goal is to get my, you know, my daily utilization number down so that I can spend more time playing music, learning piano, writing things that are not work related, spending time outside. I, I think it's, it's, it's important. Wow. I had no idea. I had no idea you play a piano. I, I saw that there, but I, I was thinking that maybe it's just, you know. Yeah, I'm still learning how to play piano. I've, I I was studying guitar in school, and so I'm trained as a guitarist, but piano is kind of, it's a new hobby and occasionally a time waster, but mostly a hobby. No, my, my husband plays guitar. It's therapeutic. It's really therapeutic to just listen to those tones. Yeah, I think I think playing a musical instrument can be a lot like meditation in that respect. It's a, a way to change your state, your mental state, your vibration. Yeah, like we were talking yeah. about dancing earlier, you know, I was telling you guys that if I have a hard sales call and if I'm really nervous about meeting a new client, I just dance around. I do some movement for five minutes, playing some music that I love. I don't care how old that song is and how many times I've played it. I just dance to that. And that makes me become more, more confident and uh, more relaxed. I love that. Well, I want to ask you, though, go back a little bit to social media and ask you what's kind of the, or is there a golden number of times a week you should be posting and spent how much time should we be on Instagram, for example. Okay, so I have seen results posting with once per week, and I have seen results posting every day. It all boils down to what you can manage. I would never ask anyone to give up on social media because they can't post more than four times per week or something like that. So with social media, you can be really strategic. If you have a limited amount of time, then why not spend some time, like instead of creating four posts for the week or instead of posting four times per week, why not do two posts and then engage more in stories? Divide 
your time in different features of social media. Maybe just go live on your Instagram story, talk about your offer, connect with your community, answer a question, talk about your experience with a recent client, talk about, okay, so this is something that I received in my DMs. And I think so many of you can relate to this. So I just thought I'd uh, come on Instagram stories and talk about it. And once you start doing it, it will feel so natural to you. So I won't say that post a certain amount of time. I think if if you're really looking for a number, then minimum would be like two per week. It, it's a good number. I think anybody can do that. But more than that, my advice is geared towards playing with Instagram stories, playing with Instagram reels and making conversations happen on Instagram, you know, just connecting with other people. Maybe sending them a DM, sending them a nice little message that I loved your post and I'd like to connect with you. How about we have a chat this week or something like that? And it doesn't have to be a sales pitch. Everything doesn't need to be to make a sale at the end of the day. It can be just, you know, you're, you're doing it to build a network. And Instagram is all about building a community. I, I just, my advice is more geared towards using other features as well instead of just obsessing over posting a certain times a day. And I think that that puts that unrealistic expectation off of you that you need to do certain things a certain way on social media. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I've, I find it quite easy to do stories and actually did my first reel today. But putting, oh, wow. uh, you know. I'm going to check that out. It's on my personal one. Yeah, check it out. Oh, yeah, okay. but so that's so good to know. It's open though now. It's so good to know that you can do that, that you can, that's okay to do these twice a week and then the stories and go live and, and we're here to connect with one another. It's not, it's, we're not only selling to each other. Yeah. And while we're at it, even if you go live like once a month or even if you go on Instagram stories once a week, that is enough. You're just, you're showing the face behind that brand. And also I would like to just say this fact-based thing that follower count does not matter. I have seen people run six-figure business with 1,200, 1,500 followers. And then I have seen people with uh, 10K, 20K followers, and they are not earning a dime. So follower count does not matter. All that matters is if a target audience, your target audience from that group of 1,200 people, you know, even if 10 people are interested in your offer, that is good, good to go. And if you have 10, 20,000, 50,000 people and none of them is interested in your offer, then, you know, I mean, it's highly unlikely, but it does happen when you're not posting the right message. When you're not even talking about your offer and you're just putting up pretty pictures, nobody really knows what your offers are and nobody really knows what to buy. So you have to tell them that you need to buy this. You need to use this to transform your life. What I'm hearing is that it's important to educate your audience through your channel. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. About what you're doing, whether you're an actor yeah. or a marketer, to be clear, because I'm not clear on my social media. I need to clean up some, need to clean up shop here. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes so much sense because I feel like I, I have the same thought about it is I know the value is there, but I, I need to get better at communicating what's going on to the audience and being consistent like that because it's all over the place. Mostly it's my dogs. Oh, dogs are good. Dogs are good for Instagram. So are cats. Yeah. So 
When it comes to life right now, what are you passionate about? Whether that's something in your work or something in your personal life, what's turning the juice on for you and keeping you excited and looking forward? Getting featured on more podcasts. I'm just talking to some more podcast hosts and uh, we're going to like maybe uh, record some episodes in the coming months. So that is something that I'm really excited about. I love talking. I just love sharing that space with other readers that we're doing right now. And number two, as I said earlier, that I stepped into my role as a CMO and as a visibility coach. So I'm working with clients in that area. And I'm really excited about working with clients that I, I'm absolutely in love with. I became a lot more mindful about the kind of people that I was approaching and the kind of people who were also approaching me on social media. And it turns out that I realized, okay, now I've nailed my message because the right kind of people are coming to me. This time around, I'm kind of really confident that in the past I've worked with, I mean, all my clients since the past 10 years, I mean, no matter how far I, I look back, they've been amazing. But, you know, getting to choose the kind of people that you work with, that, that gives you a different sort of pleasure, that gives you a different sort of ease. So that is something that I'm really excited about. Yeah, just growing my visibility on social media as well, experimenting with different things, writing for a few publications that is going to happen down the road. So these are the things that I'm really excited about. Very cool. Well, your Instagram looks so good. It's very <laughs> Thoughtful and inspiring and like beautiful colors yeah. and you've done a good job there. So I would, oh, I would hire you to clean up, clean up my Instagram and <laughs> get me out there. <laughs> uh, you don't, you don't need to like, I'm, I'm not even pitching you right now. You just book me anytime and we can just <laughs> talk about your Instagram and just take it from there. I mean, you're so good at all of you, all of the copywriters, all of the artists that I've met, met up till now. They're so good at creating stuff for social media. All that they need is a bit of push. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it just comes down to, because I'm, you know, highly visual and know what I want and what I don't want. And that's what, you know, I do so much branding for my clients. But I think it's just, I don't allow myself, I don't allow myself the time to do social media as what it's meant for. But I still have my little community there. You know what I mean? It's, it's a little bit, but I know I could do more and I could serve my business and personal life, I'm sure. Yeah, just start by committing 10 minutes every other day. I think anybody can do that. It's such a reachable goal. Just 10 minutes every other day. You don't even have to do every day. Just do it every other day. I can do 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 10 minutes. Yep. Okay. Well, this has been such a great conversation. And obviously, people will be tracking you down on Instagram and we'll have your links here in the show notes. But for those people who are listening, what do you have going on and where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram, definitely. It's Sama Social. That is my Instagram handle. You can send me uh, an email at hello at heraosama.com. That is pretty much where you can reach me. By the way, for everyone who is listening, just make sure that your profiles on all of your platforms are optimized so that when somebody finds you in one place, they can easily track you down in the other platform as well. So just do that for the ease of people who are trying to look for you. Such good advice. Okay, that's good. Oh, I'll have to see. Yeah, that's great advice. And there's a lot in that episode. Kira really brought 
a lot of wisdom and a lot of, I think a lot of permission to the conversation too. One of the things that really resonated for me was, was the fact that visibility doesn't have hard rules. It's really more about being consistent than it is about being amazing at a specific channel like Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or whatever, but finding what works for you and then just sticking to it and being consistent about it. That to me, was a little bit freeing because I know for me, mindset wise, I'm like, Every time a new platform comes out like Clubhouse or TikTok, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm like so far behind. I'm never going to catch up. <laughs> I know. I, I'm I currently working on my strategy. And she inspired me. And she talked about that voice to or speech to text app. And I tried it. Oh, writing. Yes. Writing using uh, voice to text as opposed yeah. to writing like manually with a keyboard. Exactly. Because that becomes so stiff sometimes and a little bit formal versus doing the the speech to text because that it also goes into kind of conversion copywriting which we know from our other world just like that human connection so that was one thing that I loved hearing her say and then she talked about like it doesn't matter how many followers you have it's about how you connect Mm. with people and if you are connecting so you don't just throw something out there even if you have one or two people you can connect with and talk to that's already human connection and that's what artists. It's about connecting with other humans. Yeah. And it's, it's the classic argument of quality versus quantity. Some of the most amazing artists and musicians had a massive impact on the world and they didn't necessarily create a ton of work. And some of the people that I know who have strong brands, if you will, don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. They might have a few hundred or a couple thousand and they still are doing well. Yeah, it was a it was a treat to have her from Pakistan. We're very we're getting very global here. Yeah, I think that was the first interview that I've done with somebody from Pakistan, so that was pretty cool. Same, yeah. The Artist Inclusive podcast is brought to you by the Artist Inclusive Facebook group and artistinclusive.com. Learn more about Artist Inclusive at our website or join our free Facebook group. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts and share this message with somebody that you think would enjoy this podcast. This is how you're able to reach more engaged and impactful artists just like you.